Welcome to the Turned Up Life with Renee Lynn, where I help you attract your dreams and goals and live the life you've purposefully designed. Welcome to the Turned Up Life, where you can turn up the volume on your dreams and you can turn down the noise and distractions in your life. So today I am super excited to share with you a coach that I've been working with. She makes me laugh. She is a joy expert. I met her through a friend of mine and I remember being on a Zoom and she said, I'm a joy expert. And I was like, I have to work with this lady. She's fun. (laughs) She's amazing. She's smart. And today we're going to be talking about designing a life filled with joy and stopping the fear that is sabotaging your success. Welcome, Cindy. How are you today? Oh, Renee, I'm great today. Today's a good day. I love it. I feel like every day is a good day for you. Like, I love following you on TikTok. I just love all your joy hosts. They're amazing and fun and so insightful. As a coach, how did you decide to find the niche of bringing joy to people's lives? So I embarked on my happiness journey probably in my mid-30s. I realized that I had a challenge, as we all do in my life, and that was depression. And I didn't want to be depressed. I didn't want to be angry. And so I went on a journey of self-discovery. And in that, I learned all kinds of skills and tools, went to therapy, took classes, workshops, um, and went to a healing school for four years. And I realized that I'm not the only one, right? I'm not the only one that has challenges in their lives. I'm not the only one who has a challenge of depression. I'm not the only one who's been in abusive relationships. I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one who struggles with fear and anger and victim mentality. And so am I happy all the time? The answer is no, I'm not happy all the time. But because I don't believe in toxic happiness or toxic joy, whatever we call it these days, there are days when I'm sad. I have a golden, a 10-year-old golden retriever that's dying of bone cancer and I'm sad, but I I can always find gratitude. Even in my darkest days, I can always find gratitude. And that's what I want for my clients. I don't want my clients to be stuck. I don't want them to lack confidence. I don't want them to have more bad days than good days. I, I want to help them see life and themselves through a different lens. I want them to have self-love and self-trust so that they can then love and trust others around them. And I want them to understand how this thing called our machine like works, how our mind works with neuroscience, how our psyches work and why there's a really great answer to why we do everything that we do. Right? There's there's a really good reason. We're not stupid people. We're brilliant people. But this thing called fear, it it messes up our lives, man. It's supposed to mess up our lives. But once we understand the role that fear plays in our psyche, in our brain, in our life, 
then we can get a better handle on it and we cannot be as scared of it as we have been. I love that. I love that. What do you think the biggest killer of joy is in our world today? I mean, I think there's so much going on with comparison and social media and and all these different things that, and you know, you and I are kind of from the same world in that we didn't have that growing up. And we definitely, you know, had all the clicky girls and, and all of that going through our, our grade school and on into high school. And, and we kind of forgot about that in college, which my dad told me would happen. But, you know, what do you think the biggest killer of joy is today? I think a couple things. I think comparison is definitely one. I think not having a tribe is definitely one. Women have never been taught how to show up in a powerful way in authentic, true power. So I think that's another one. And the unknown, the unknown is huge. You know, when we step into a place and we have no concrete answers to what's going to happen, how is it going to happen? What am I going to look like after the situation? What people don't know about the unknown is it is a scary place. People behave so badly during divorce because you just don't know. You don't know how it's going to go. You don't know how much money you're going to be left with. You don't know if you're going to have a place to live. You don't know. You don't know. But what people forget is that the unknown is also where every song has been written. It's where innovation lives. It's where inventions live. It's where love lives. It's such a place of creativity and hope and possibility. Right? But we forget that because our brains are all all consumed about fear. And if we can just remember that our brains are hardwired to focus on the fear and to minimize the beauty and the joy and the possibilities because our brains are hardwired to make sure that we don't die. The brain's number one job is to keep us alive. And the things that create joy in your life aren't going to kill you. It's the negative things that happen to you. It's the bad things out there, right? That's what's going to kill you. So we know through true hard science that our brains take in more negative than positive. But we can rewire the brain, right? We can rewire the brain. And so we can through a series of actions on a daily basis, rewire the brain to take in more positive, to not minimize the positive, to be aware, to name the positive. So our brain starts looking for the good stuff as well as the stuff that might kill us. Yeah, for sure. I was listening to some of your TikToks before this, and you were talking about finding that right partner. And and what we talk about here on the Turned Up Life podcast is really how you can turn up your life and design your life. And you really can do that. I always go back to in my early 20s, I met this couple and they were just so happy and so excited to be together. And they told me literally they had each written down a list of things they wanted in their partner and, you know, just, it started manifesting. And of course it took me like another 15 years to really understand the law of attraction and start manifesting Mm -hmm. that person for me. Mm -hmm. But I know that, 
you know, there is really a strategy to finding uh, Mr. or Mrs. Right. Tell me a little bit about how you coach someone on strategically finding that right person. Well, you named it with the law of attraction, Renee, right? So I tell my clients, write down all the qualities that they want in the partner. And then you have to look at you because everything, happiness begins and ends with you, right? We can't change anybody else, but we can change us. And when you go down that list, what of those qualities do you need to work on? Because if you're not showing up with all of those qualities, you're not going to call someone to you with all of those qualities. If you want someone who's going to be kind and gentle, then you can't be a mean bitch. It's not possible, right? So you have to work on your kindness and your gentleness. That's number one. The second thing is we've got to get out of our ruts. So I had a client once and she said, you know, I've been praying for my number one partner. I've been praying for them for years and it hasn't happened. I said, well, what are you doing to find the partner? And she said, what? And I said, well, like, tell me about your day. Like, how does your day go? She said, well, I get up, I have breakfast, I go to work, then I come home. And I said, that's it? And she said, yeah, it's what I do every day. And I said, well, what do you think? That your your person is, is the FedEx man? I'm like, you have to, you have to get, you have to get out there. You have to meet people. You have to, whether it's through finding your favorite place to go and have a glass of wine or have a cup of coffee or, you know, getting out of the house. And, you know, I, I hadn't even really thought about how COVID has affected all of this, but, you know, you're not going to find your partner sitting in your house. We really have to show up in a way that we are calling people to us that we deserve. We also need to have deal breakers, right? So the deal breaker list can't be long. It has to be short because it's a one, it's a one gig only, right? One time only thing. When we create that list of deal breakers, we have to make a promise to ourselves that we will hold to that list. You know, so and everyone's deal breakers are different. For me, when I started dating, one of my deal breakers was somebody has to be able to grow and want to grow and be a better human every day. And we are going to have obstacles that we are not going to be able to see our way around and through. So we have to be open to seeing a coach or seeing a therapist or someone who's going to have a different lens on our relationship and have different experiences and have tools that they can give us so that we can navigate our obstacles in a better way. And before we ever mentioned the L word, I brought it up. I'm like, listen, if you don't believe in therapy, if you don't believe in coaching, I get it. That's fine. You're a really nice person. There's nothing wrong with you, but that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone who wants to learn about themselves and grow all the time and knows that we're not perfect. And we all have bad habits and we all have obstacles and challenges. And being in a relationship for 25 years is pretty well versed in understanding how marriage goes. So I love that. I love that, you know, we have to focus on ourselves and start first. And that was a really big key thing for me that I learned. Probably it took me until my late 
thirties or maybe mid thirties to start really understanding that piece. And it was really through reading. We didn't have all the podcasts and all the things that we have today. So it was really reading. And I'll tell you, I, I read the book, I think it's John Gray on Venus and Mars dating. And that was just really like pivotal for me. Mm. I don't know how we ended up on this subject of relationships, but my next question for you really was when we're focused on bringing more joy into our lives, where do we start? Like, is it different for each person or is there like one pivotal area that we have to start in and go from there? I can tell you where I start with my clients. The first thing that we talk about is we talk about how our psyches work and how our brains work. And we live in the subconscious part of our brain 95% of the time. So decision fatigue is a real thing. Our brains can only handle so much. And so what it does is that like you're learning how to walk. You ever see a child learn how to walk? They have to focus on taking first standing up, right? And then they start taking steps and then they, they can only take one step. Then they take two steps then they take five steps. But we as adults, we don't think about walking. We walk. So what our brain does is it, it creates this neural pattern. And then over time, the neural pattern gets deeper and deeper. And then what our brain does is our conscious brain then drops that neural pattern into our subconscious. So we don't think about it anymore. And so we make decisions all the time without understanding why. So once we understand why we're making the decisions that we're making and that we have choices in how we make our decisions, how we react versus respond or respond versus react, right? Once we understand and then then it makes life a lot easier because we remove shame and guilt because we are more conscious and mindful in how we're showing up. From there, I usually take it to there are three key skills that we have not been taught by our imperfectly perfect parents and that are essential, I think, for happiness. And those three skills are witnessing, curiosity, and the pause. So to step from the subconscious to the conscious, we have to pause. And I can tell you, Renee, this is a tough skill for someone like me. <laughs> I'm so with you. And we've talked about my Sagittarius traits, but yes, I'm so with you. It, it took me years to make that pause and to learn how to step away from conversations that I knew were not going to go to the right place. And I was probably not going to say the right thing. And so, Amen. yes, we've got to, <laughs> we've got to have that pause. And some of the things that we've talked about just as we've been working on bringing joy into my world is how we talk about the, the yes current. We were talking the other day and you said we need to, you know, remove those stones that are in our backpack of life and to find our yes current. 
Tell us a little more about our yes current. And I loved the analogy of, you know, just knowing that we have that heavy backpack on all the time. And just as we release things, it's like taking a big boulder out of the backpack and just lightening our load. Oh, absolutely. Shame and guilt are two of the heaviest and lowest vibration emotions that we have. And the symbolism or my analogy to that is every time we keep shame and guilt on ourselves, we're just throwing more rocks in our backpack that we carry around on a daily basis. And we have to remember, again, that our brains are hardwired to focus on the negative. And when we talk about the yes current and the no current, right? If there's a yes current, then there's a no current. And our brains then are hardwired to go to the no current. That's our default is the no current. But the no current is what? Is examining every obstacle that's in our path, every reason why we can't do something, every reason why we're gonna fail, all the negative. But also remember that our brains, that we know we have neuroplasticity, that we can rewire the brain to focus more on the positive, to focus more on happiness, to focus more on the things we're grateful for, to focus more on the things we have, not the things we don't have, right? So the yes current is when we're saying, we're not negating the negative possible things that can happen. We're not gonna negate the risks, but we're going to say, but what if the answer is yes? Like, what if? So I love to help my clients reframe, right? And rephrase. Well, it's kind of like when I had a set of epiphanies in my, my mid-30s, early to mid-30s. And I said, you know, I'm the common denominator in my miserableness, right? And people are like, oh. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Because if I am the common denominator in my miserableness, that means that I am the common denominator in my happiness. I'm a smart person. I can figure this out. I don't have to be a bitter, negative, unhappy person for the rest of my life, right? If I can figure out how to make myself miserable, then I can figure out how to make myself happy. And that's really how I started my journey. And because as humans, we have this capacity to hold so much pain and fear and terror and sadness and grief. It drives me nuts when I go up to somebody, Renee, how are you today? And Renee says, oh, I'm fine. I hate the word fine, unless it comes before diamond. I like fine diamond. That actually just happens to be my horse's name as well, but I love diamonds. So fine says to me, I'm not happy, but I'm not yet miserable enough to change, right? So again, that's the no current. In the yes current, there is joy, happiness, flow. The cup is half full, not half empty. I see possibilities wherever I look. I see miracles wherever I look. I see gratitude and happiness wherever I look. I am a good person. Good things happen to good people. Good things are happening to me. That's the yes current. You live there a lot, eh? You really do. You see the possibilities all around you. Oh, wow. That just gives me chills because I will tell you that 
when you say common denominator, it's just, that's really how I changed a lot of things in my life is I started recognizing, and I used that word. If the same thing keeps happening over and over in my life, I am the common denominator. So it's happening with different Amen. people. It mm -hmm. is happening with different situations and mm -hmm. the same lesson keeps being put in front of me. And I'm the common denominator until I change those things that keep attracting this to me, I'm not going to be able to move on in my life. And that is just so incredibly important. I believe that there are three opportunities, like life-changing opportunities that are presented to people in their lifetime. Now Only the three? majority- but no, I mean, life-changing, like whether it's a career opportunity, a relationship that they didn't do the work on Ooh. to actually move it through, whatever it is, a financial decision that if you had just looked at the whole picture or opened your mind to, yes, there are risks, but there are also amazing possibilities. Mm -hmm. I truly believe there are three life-changing things and 99% of people say, no, that's not for me. And then later on, regret it. I shoulda, mm -hmm. I coulda, I woulda. Mm -hmm. And so tell us from your perspective, I believe you talk about those things as you know, learning self-trust and self-love and being able to face our fears on a daily basis. Yeah. Speak to that for a minute, if you would, on how we can be open to the things that the universe is presenting to us and actually walk through that door and know that in the event that it's not right for you, you can walk back through the door, but actually opening yourself up to trusting and moving forward with new things that could bring you joy? Well, first we have to be courageous, right? We have to believe in ourselves. We have to believe that we are worthy, that we are capable, that we are smart enough. God, there's so much, Renee. I mean, I could just go on forever. The, the, this is why having the tribe is so essential. So men from the womb, were told that they had to be powerful. They had to find their own unique way of being powerful and showing their power, uh, sometimes to their detriment, right? But they've always been presented with a tribe, right? Whether it's team, whether it's military, whether it's the golf club, the cigar club, the boys club. And women aren't necessarily taught those things. We were taught to talk. We were taught to have emotions. We were taught to have compassion, nurture, but we weren't necessarily taught to be powerful and have a tribe. And this is what a tribe does. A tribe reminds you about who you are when you forget. A tribe has your back. A tribe gives you inspiration and motivation to change, change. to grow, to open the freaking door. If it were just up to us, we might not open one door. But when you have somebody that looks at you and mirrors for you your truth, your genius zone, 
your superpowers, your greatness. And they're like, Cindy or Renee, you got this. You can do this. And whatever you can't do or you can't figure out, we're going to find someone that can help you with that. There's a book that I started, I told you about Renee, called Who, Not How. It's a lot about building your tribe and how people who have really succeeded and developed their greatness and are highly successful have a tribe. They have the who. We don't have to always figure out the how. You've even said it yourself, Renee, in some of our discussions, you know, I don't do my bookkeeping. I'm horrible at it. I have a book. So I hire a bookkeeper. That bookkeeper is now part of your tribe. Our tribe is a mix of professionals, is a mix of friends, is a mix of doctors and therapists or coaches and people who want us to do well in life. So with that tribe, I think it helps us develop the courage right, to open the door because that's the hardest part right? Is turning that knob and opening the door. That's the hardest part. And that's where most of us fail, right? Sometimes we don't even see the door, but then there's somebody, if you have a tribe, they're tapping you on the shoulder. They're like, Cindy, you missed the door. Like, don't you want to open the door? I think the other thing that really helps us want to open the door is when we take that journey of self-discovery and we know ourselves so intimately so intimately we know our greatness we know our superpowers and we know our bad habits and we know what fears affect us the most so that renee when someone tells you this is who you are right you don't go oh my god am i really renee you go let me pause and then you go inside and you say, is this who I really am? Is that true for me? Because it might be true. Like if somebody looks at me and says, Cindy, you're behaving like a five-year-old, rather than it shaming me, I know that every single person on this planet has an inner five-year-old that's trying to make your decisions and trying to keep you safe. I know that. So if someone tells me I'm behaving like a five-year-old rather than having shame or guilt, I just go inside and go, well, am I? <laughs> And if I am, I'll name it. I'm like, you know what? You're right. You know, I need to pull myself up to my adult self or my heart or my higher self in that moment. Thank you very much for helping name that for me. Or it might be, you know, no, I'm really not behaving like a five-year-old right now. I have one. I'll show it to you if you want, <laughs> but that's not where I am right now. And I think when we know ourselves so intimately, then we know what we're really good at and we know what we need to work on. And it then guides us to which door we should open. Because that becomes the bigger question. Should we open every door that's presented to us? Hell no. Right? But when we know ourselves so well, we know it guides us, right? To choose the right door for us. Because not every door is the right door for us. Because we're perfectly imperfect. So yeah, there are going to be some doors that don't, won't benefit us at all. 
Yes, 100, 100%. One of the key things that you said to me last week was we are all great people with bad habits. So as we look at ourselves, ultimately, I think it's different for each and every one of us. Like I had a friend who she said to me, she handed me a card of a hypnotherapist and she said to me, you are messing up your life right now. That was at 26 years old. And she was 17 years older than me. And she said, here is a card of a woman that I expect you to make an appointment with. You have more talent in your pinky finger than most people will ever have in their entire wow. lives. And you are destroying it. I won't use the exact words that she said because they had some expletives in it, but ultimately <laughs> we, we are the people that destroy our own world and sabotage our world. And as you were explaining to me the other day, it really starts with fear. So as we close this out, tell us how we can prime our day so Ooh. that we can Stop the fear, stop waking up with the anxiety, and we can ultimately head towards bringing more joy into our lives, more self-reflection, not shaming ourselves, but actually looking at those common denominator situations with an openness and a willingness to change them and turn the negative thoughts into the positives. I know there's a lot there that I just asked for, but tell us how to prime our day to bring more joy. Oh, oh. That's actually a really fabulous question. And it's super important that we decide how we're going to start our day. There are these words that everybody's been throwing around for the last 10 years about being mindful, conscious, intentional. They're not wrong at all. But when we start our day, what we know from studies and science is that the people who are most successful, right, they write down their goals and they have a morning routine. And I can tell you, I sometimes screw this up. So I am not the all powerful, wonderful person. So there are days that I don't prime my own day, but you can prime your day at any time of the day as well. So when I forget, then I'll, I step back into it. So priming your day. So we can either prime our day for the positive, neutral, or negative and anxiety. Sean Aker, who wrote a book called The Happiness Advantage, talks about priming our day. And we can do it through journaling, visualization, a gratitude practice, prayer. There's no one way to prime your day. But basically what you want to do is you want to think about the greatness of your being. So we're good people with bad habits. Yes. We want to focus on our goodness. We want to focus on what we want to achieve that day. We want to focus our brain to focus on the positive and not the negative. We want to shift our brain to focus our day on what we want to accomplish that day, how we want to accomplish it that day, and be open to whatever's coming to us that day. So I can tell you that when I prime through three different ways, there are days when I prime with journaling. And I write down my I am statements and they're positive and I have to believe them. So I am creative. I am passionate. I am kind. I am loving. I love to talk. I'm good at it. 
I am funny. There are days when I journal about the things that I want to be true. Like I am a good person. Good things happen to good people. Good things are happening to me today. You know, I'm lucky. Lucky things are going to come toward me today. I deserve abundance. Abundance is coming my way wherever I look. And then sometimes I journal about my spirituality or good things that have happened to me that I want to remember or past events that make me smile and make me feel good about me. The other way is through visualization. I'll close my eyes. And actually, Tony Robbins does this. He closes his eyes. He has a 10-minute ritual, morning ritual that he does. And part of it is he closes his eyes and he sees his daughter smiling at him like he is God daddy or daddy God, whatever. I, I see my granddaughter. I pick her up from daycare on Wednesdays and she sees me and she just starts jumping up and down. She's three years old, jumping up and down. And just thinking about it makes my heart sing, right? So, and we also want to visualize times where we have succeeded and remind our brain, yeah, I've done this. I got this. I've shown up really well in my life many times, right? And then visualize ourselves achieving a goal and then what I like to do is see myself looking in the mirror with a glass of champagne, like a champagne flute and toasting myself and celebrating achieving that goal because women don't celebrate enough. And we know through science that when we prime our brain for the positive, great things happen. They, they did a study where they had three different classrooms. It was elementary school and all three classrooms were going to be taking a math test. And one teacher primed their class in the positive, one teacher primed their class in the neutral prior to the math test, and the third one primed their class for the negative. Guess what happened? The teacher's class that primed their class for the positive, you were great, you've done all your homework, you got this, I know you know this material, you are just the best, you are all just brilliant genius, and you're gonna do great. They all got higher grades than any of the other two classes. They've done this over and over. It's not just a one-time gig. So priming your day, priming your life for the positive is essential for your success. And what it does, Renee, you ready? You ready? What it does is it turns up the volume of your life and turns down the volume of your fear. I love that. That might be my new motto for the show because, you know, as I fine tuned where I'm heading with this show, it really is. And, and you really helped me with this is turning up the volume of the things that we love in life, whether that is, you know, when you get in the car and you're racing down the road with your favorite song and you're singing and the volume is at full blast, how can we live our lives that way? So to wrap up today's episode, remember that in order to live your life by design, you have to find your yes current and prime your day to find your joy. Thank you for tuning into the Turned Up Life podcast. If you are looking to turn up your life, turn down the distractions and negative noise, and you are ready for change, head to my website and book a complimentary discovery call with me. I would love to meet you and help you on your journey to designing your dream life.
Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Turned Up Life. Please stay tuned for future episodes and do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow me on Instagram at Coach Renee Lynn. I'd love to hear from you. And if you have questions or need some advice about lifestyle or business mentorship, please do send them my way and I will respond in future episodes. The Turnip Life is produced by the good people at The Podcast Boutique. I'm your host, Renee Lynn. Stay well and live a purposeful, turned up life.